Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to HR Work Break. I'm your host, Maddie Collins, editor of HR Daily Advisor. HR Work Break takes a quick but close look at everything human resources. For any HR professional, it's a must listen. I hope you learned something new, take some advice to heart, or simply stay abreast today's trending topics. Now, it's time for a work break. Happy Friday, everyone. Today, I'm joined by Jeff Osterman, Sweetwater's Senior Vice President and Chief People Officer. Sweetwater is the number one online retailer of music, instrument, and professional audio gear in the United States. In his role, Jeff develops the talent, teams, and culture that helps Sweetwater serve its customers and grow its impact on music makers in the U.S. and worldwide. Jeff, thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's great to be with you. Of course. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I had seen recently that Sweetwater held its HR meeting at a new Boys and Girls Club facility, which sounds like a really interesting experience. So I would love to know kind of what brought the HR team to that area and what kind of learning insight and inspiration your team gained during that retreat. Yeah. So one of the things that we really zeroed in on a couple of years ago with our team was uh, a renewed focus and really emphasis on the heart of HR and the heart of what we do. And we began having conversations with our team about viewing themselves really as the heartbeat of the organization. And if you kind of carry that metaphor out in a lot of different ways, I think it holds true for HR teams all over the country is because if you think about the work we do at bringing people into an organization, at sending them out into the organization, at supporting them, I think it really is in many ways kind of the lifeblood of, of any company or organization. And so as we thought about this idea of heart, we thought about how do we go out into the community and connect with people that are operating that way to provide a little bit of inspiration to our teams, but also in some cases to help them gain some thoughts or insights or some innovative practices that may come from slightly unconventional places. I think most of us in the HR world, you know, we probably attend HR conferences and read HR blogs and listen to HR podcasts like this one. And it's helpful to get those insights. But we thought it would also be good to stretch our people with gaining some insights from some other people that are operating with heart. So one of the examples of that was jumping out and doing some of our offsite meetings at our local Boys and Girls Club. Uh, which actually has a really phenomenal reputation in the National Boys and Girls Club network. It's really a state-of-the-art program in our region. And so we thought it would be a great chance for us to go glean a little bit of heart from them, but also hear from some really tremendous social services leaders and see what we could pick up from them and bring back into the walls of our building. That's awesome. And so you've been talking about heart for a little bit. So in that same vein, HR is human resources. So what does the human aspect of the department mean to you? Well, it's it's everything. It really is the core of what we do. From the outside looking in, I think a lot of people in organizations that may not necessarily understand the commitment level and the belief of those people who have come into the field, sometimes HR can get the the reputation of being the policy police or they're the ones who are going to come knocking if I've done something wrong. And, and so, again, we've really made a concerted effort over the last couple of years to change that narrative, even within our organization. It's not that our team wasn't respected and appreciated, but we've had to do very visible and tangible things in some cases to help people see us differently. So I think even doing things like going out and doing offsite meetings and then talking with our team about that, about who are the other organizations we're connecting with, it begins to reframe how they view HR of, hey, this isn't just a policy-driven team, but this is a team that's really looking to innovate, 
It's looking to glean new ideas. They're trying to figure out how can they pull in resources from other organizations. And so not only do we do these meetings, but I'm also very intentional about sharing this out across our organization and really using kind of our work as HR to lead the way in that regard. And so one of the examples that played itself out for us recently is previous to the Boys and Girls Club, we'd also done a meeting a number of months ago at our local rescue mission in the same kind of thinking and shared that out amongst our leadership team. And it had such a provoking presence as they thought about it that we did one of our offsite executive team meetings at the rescue mission a few weeks later. One of the cool things is that people are seeing the value of that, and it's actually filtering out into how some of our other teams operate. And so we're allowing our HR work to kind of set the tone for heart throughout the whole organization. That's awesome. Do you typically work with volunteer organizations, nonprofits, places that have a lot of heart? And how do you think that kind of influences learning and even creating a culture of compassion and heart, like you said? Yeah, we do. So we're very philanthropically active. Uh, There's some national organizations that we support. Uh, We're also very locally active in our headquarters campus, uh, our region here. In fact, just this last week, one of our other activities that our HR team put on was a -a volunteer-a-thon. And we brought about 20 nonprofits onto our campus to kind of do a lunch and learn style session and let people walk around and look at volunteer opportunities to connect within our community. And so we try and partner really closely, uh, which again goes back to that idea of heart. But the other part for us is it's really the whole DNA of our business model is built around that. We're an e-commerce company. We sell to millions of customers all around the country. But our whole model is really built around developing relationships with those customers. It's not just a transactional environment, but we actually build relationships with customers. Our sales engineers, they're making personal connections with customers that will keep coming back to them, in some cases, for 15, 20 years. Oh, wow. And kind of providing this really interesting consultative sales model. Our whole business model in terms of how we engage with customers is built about relationships. It's built around caring for people. And so we've really been able to lean on that and kind of turn that inward on ourselves and say, look, if we're doing that with our customers, we need to be doing that within the walls of our building to our employees and then doing that out into our community in a really profound way. So it's this really cool ecosystem of where it all just kind of works together and then ultimately ends up transferring out to how we support our customers as well. It's a really healthy structure to have. So with where this kind of culture and structure came from, do you have particular memory, whether it was with the Boys and Girls Club or another one of the philanthropic organizations you've worked with that has stuck with you or has really influenced how you communicate with your coworkers or customers? You know, one of the things, I don't know if it's a moment in time so much, but I would say, especially if you go back to some of the meetings we had at the rescue mission, you know, one of the things we did is we took the time not just to hear from the leaders of the organization, but some of the residents that were receiving services there. And it's just really powerful to get kind of front line with somebody that maybe has had challenging circumstances in their life and they're trying to put things back together again. And if you weren't already humble, it kind of humbles you. It gives you perspective. It takes you out of your personal comfort zone. It makes you appreciate that much more what you do have in life and some of the privileges that you've been granted. And I think that's one of the things that our whole team has just carried away from so many of those interactions is just perspective. Because I think a lot of us can get caught up in KPIs. We can get caught up in maybe some of the challenges that we're having with personnel, especially in the HR world. 
and all those things are necessary realities, right? We still have to perform. We have to execute at a high level. We do have to deal with some of those interesting and difficult situations. But just being able to carry perspective with us through that from some of these other interactions that we've had out in the community has been really powerful. Yeah, I can totally see that. At this point, I'm mostly volunteering with local sports organizations. I'm a referee on the side as well. But your interactions with people also humble you and make you so aware of the impact you can have on individuals and groups just like on a day-to-day basis with what you put out into the world. Yeah, and I love it. I, I love that you did that. And I think a big part of it is sometimes even whether it's in HR or outside of HR, I think sometimes one of the mistakes we can make as leaders is thinking that we individually have to supply all the motivation, all the inspiration. We are the ones that have to get up on stage and, and kind of rally everybody to the cause. And of course, there are moments like that. But I think the other opportunity we have is to connect people to the experiences that will bring about those same outcomes. And so sometimes it is about, okay, I've directly say the words to my team, but sometimes if I can put them in the right setting, that's going to bring about the outcomes and the inspiration and the motivation that we want. I don't have to say anything, right? If I walk them into a rescue mission or a boys and girls club, and they catch a glimpse of something that gives them the extra motivation and desire and kind of meaning and purpose and maybe even reconnects them back to why they got involved in this work in the first place, which was really about helping people, that is leadership. That is me having created the context for them to draw out the best of themselves and then turn that back around and deliver that into our organization. And so that's another way a lot of the work connects. Yeah. And do you have any um, particular way you would describe your leadership style or anything you think that has influenced it up to this point? Lots of things that have influenced it. It'd be difficult for me to probably put just a couple words on it. My hope is that it's very participative. It's very collaborative. It's very drawing up from the team, you know, taking the time to listen and hear what they need and hopefully turning back around and delivering that to them in a way that is helpful. Uh, So there is a part of it that is engaging and collaborative, but I would say that's maybe 50% of the equation. And then the other part of the equation is really casting some vision as to where we need to go. Again, tapping back into some of the, probably what the motivations are that we know brought people to our team to begin with. But for example, when, when I came into this current role a few years ago, a big part of it was, again, back to this idea of heart of laying out what's going to kind of be the North Star of our organization and what are we going to chase? And then how does that contribute to the overall growth of the organization? Uh, because we're still running a business and we care about the people that we serve, but that also has to the translate out to the bigger corporate strategies and objectives, but really laying that vision out there and giving people something they can rally around. So I guess I would say it's two parts that are equal and necessary pieces of the whole is one vision, but also couple that with collaboration. Right. And I totally see how that plays into y'all's involvement with uh, philanthropies and stuff like that. So for organizations trying to think outside the box and problem solve and try to get a new perspective, Do you have any advice on where to start or how to start? I would say, especially if you're talking about thinking outside the box, I think you have to read stuff, talk to people that are outside your normal circles. And again, it's not to say there can't be great ideas from within your sphere of influence, but oftentimes those ideas are helpful and necessary, but very iterative, right? You've got a lot of people that are kind of working in the same space, trying to move things forward. And we do talk a lot within our walls about continuous improvement. That's kind of that idea of the kind of 1% every day incrementally making things better. 
And that's been a huge part of our culture and will continue to be for a long time. But we also talk about developing the future, which is those bigger leaps forward and how do you attach yourself to innovation. And I just believe more often than not, some of those aha moments come from getting outside your space, which is, again, what one of the benefits we found of working with some of these other nonprofit organizations and connecting with their leaders is seeing the way they've tackled a problem in a completely different space is oftentimes given us motivation to come back and think about our own work a little bit differently. And I know for HR in particular, a huge issue on a lot of people's mind is recruitment. And with today's current job market, thinking outside of the box and finding new ways to approach the problem is often a prerogative for HR leaders. So how have you helped Sweetwater combat today's recruiting challenges or what sort of things have you seen trending in regards to recruiting and retention in general? Well, again, we've had a little bit of a benefit because we're such a passion business. And so musicians carry that passion with them wherever they go. And so that helps us when we're we're recruiting people into our walls because so many of our employees are musicians. You know, one of the spaces that we've learned a lot from is just talking to people in the e-commerce business, which is our vertical, especially talking to people who are looking at how are they utilizing their platforms in the social space? How are they making connections? How are they relating to influencers? Uh, which isn't typically something you would think about in terms of HR recruiting. And that's not to say there aren't many people talking about how do you use social in recruiting. But we've very purposefully gone out and thought about more about how marketers are utilizing it. What lessons can we take from that into how we're approaching candidates? And we're still a little bit early in that. I think we have done some very interesting and cool things. But You know, it would be one of those spaces where traditional marketing has gone through an evolution over the last decade and to reach audiences and engage audiences for buying products, for buying services is a lot different than what it was. But at the end of the day, candidates are really customers. Yeah. So we're trying to learn from some of those spaces as to how we can take some of their best practices and lessons and maybe from a utilization of social platforms, engage a little bit more smartly with connecting with candidates as our customers. That's cool. And kind of in a a similar but slightly different vein, do you think there are any up and coming HR leadership strategies or philosophies that you've found in either different markets or discovered for yourself personally, like we had been discussing a little bit earlier? Yeah, I don't think so in terms of strategies. I do think there's a, and and many people have been talking about this, but I also think there's a little bit of the old is new again mentality that we're certainly tapping into and others are beginning to tap into. But especially on the other side of the pandemic, I think it's just caused so many people to kind of re-index on the quality of relationships. And I think that's shown up a lot of different ways. So for example, I think a lot of folks that have shifted to work from home, obviously there's a lot of different reasons that happens, But a lot of it is what I really want to do is move back towards my personal relationships and my personal life. And I value those so much or proximity to that, that if I can move back into my home space or continue to work from my home space, if I've been doing that for the last couple of years, it's not necessarily so much about I want to sit in my home office. It's really about it moves me closer back to people that I care about versus maybe being in an environment where I didn't feel as much a sense of connection. Or if you're coming back into the office, a lot more people are talking about, well, what does the personal connection aspect of that look like? It's great if we were in an environment that had ping pong tables or pool tables or something like that, but the human element of it has really been dialed up that much more. 
And so I think that's a part of it that we continue to index on and explore. How do we how do we get people in touch more with deep, authentic human relationships when they're working for us? Because that's really where the resonance comes. And I think people have a longing for it that really is nothing new. It's just a part of being a human being, right? We're all kind of built to be in relationship with other people. But the more we can tap into that and create the right settings and conversations around that, I think that more strongly gives people a sense of purpose in the work that they're doing every day. Yeah, that goes into how diversity, equity, inclusion is is so essential. You want your employees to feel like they belong and that they're invested in the company because they're going to be more driven to put out good work or to stay longer. Yeah, that's right. And it's it certainly translates into performance and it's it's also just the right thing to do. Yeah. It's just, if we're going to be doing anything in support of an organization, why shouldn't we enjoy the people that we're around and feel a sense of, like you said, being welcomed and included into that environment? And everybody brings a different story to that, right? And so that's, I think, where the diversity and inclusion part becomes so significant is because people aren't coming into the organization with the same background and the same stories. So it gets very, very unique to try and figure out how do I create the right paths and the right on-ramps and the right connection points so that everybody feels that at a similarly high level? Yeah. And even then, it goes back to how building broader perspectives is a really great way to broaden your community and your company. And being able to pull from within your organization and in turn get to know your workers even better is a bonus. Absolutely. So my favorite final question is to ask what you're looking forward to this weekend. Ah, what am I looking forward to this weekend? I've got uh, four little girls that I'm the proud dad of, and we've got a first soccer competition of the season kicking off on Saturday. And I happen to be assistant coaching for one of the teams. Nice. That's what I'm looking forward to is having our first soccer match of the year this Saturday and and watching some nine to 10 year old girls run around and, and do their best and have a lot of fun. Do all your daughters play mostly the same position or are they all over the field kind of? They're all over the field. It's uh, Everybody's done a little bit of everything. And then we've also got a few that have gotten to the stage of branching out into other activities. So we've got one in show choir, a couple that are doing dance, several that are doing soccer. Yeah, it's a little bit of everything at this stage, but we're having a lot of fun with them too. That's awesome. I hope you have a great weekend with all of them and good luck assisting coaching the first game. Thank you. I appreciate that. And Jeff, thank you so much for joining me today. It's really been a pleasure. You're very welcome. And thanks again for the opportunity. Again, I'm Maddie Collins, and thank you for listening. Join us next Friday or whenever you need a work break.